Hello, and welcome to episode 194 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And today we're going to be talking about some of the Unfinity uh, cards, mainly those yeah. that are for Eternal formats, right? Yeah. Um, this is kind of expanding on our previous Unfinity show. It's kind of weird that we're doing a bunch of shows about an unset, but this isn't your usual unset. Um, and kind of because of that, this isn't going to be our normal set review episode. Uh, we're only going to be looking at stuff that's eternal legal. I didn't even didn't even bother looking at acorn cards. Um, so we're just trying to get a general view of you know what sorts of things may be worth specking on for the set. Uh, maybe you know some stuff that might show up for eternal play, whether it's popper, commander, legacy, whatever. Um, but yeah, a little bit different than a normal set review episode. So stay tuned. Yeah, so if you have any show ideas or you want to interact with us in any way, all of our uh, social media stuff, Facebook, Twitter, our Discord, all those links are in the description. Yep, uh, make sure you check them out. If you're looking to support the show, there's two ways to do it. The first is our TCG Player Affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Uh, follow that link over to TCG Player and shop as normal, and then anything you purchase will help support the show. We'll get a percentage of your purchase price. If you're looking to support us more directly, uh, patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. You can chip a couple bucks in and you get access to our pre-show, which is kind of just more of us completely unscripted, making sure all our equipment's set up right and we still remember how to stream because we're getting old. Um, you also get access to our show notes if you want to kind of follow along or get a sneak peek of what the episode's going to be. And patrons get put on my mailing list for when I have goodies to send out. Um so chip a couple bucks in patreon.com slash casual mtg if you think we're doing a good job and you want to show us your support yeah. um, we also have a youtube channel casual tryhard mtg on youtube if you haven't followed us over there already you can watch us as we do the show instead of just listening to us if you'd like also when we have shows like this that kind of have visual aids i try and you know do something visually for the youtube show uh, so for this show i will have uh, the cards come up on the screen so you can follow along as you're watching and listening to us. Uh, you got anything else? Mm, nothing Nothing housekeeping-wise. All right. Well, let's get into the show then. Sounds good. So, so first up, I figured we'd talk about the attractions. Yes. Um, we kind of touched on them briefly in a previous episode. Um, this is a parasitic mechanic. What do I mean by a parasitic mechanic? It's just for people that uh, haven't haven't heard the term before. It's a mechanic that doesn't play well with other mechanics in Magic. That it basically is only refer only cares about cards that reference it in itself. So yep. energy, right? For energy cards to work, you need cards that made energy and cards that spent energy. That's a parasitic yep. mechanic. So attractions, you need stuff that opens attractions. And that's basically it, right? And then that's that, like, basically it. You need something the, that the opens attractions are like, yeah. Whereas, like with energy, like you said, you need both ends. You need stuff to um, make the energy, and then stuff to spend the energy. Well, if we're comparing energy to attractions, you need stuff to make the attractions, but then the attractions kind of spend themselves. Yeah, every turn. But you do need like stickers are also a parasitic mechanic. You need something that makes yep. the, makes the tickets. And then spends the tickets. Yep. Right. So it's um, kind of closer to energy. But yeah, this is not a mechanic that like 
this and heroic don't play well together, right? It's not right. like it's just like a, it's not kicker that kind of plays well with everything. Mm-hmm. It's just this weird kind of one-off thing. Yep. So that's kind of the lens that we're going to look through a little bit. Um, is this as kind of a parasitic mechanic? Um, I think if this was just a parasitic mechanic, though, we wouldn't be talking about it because it wouldn't really be relevant. Like if you had to play just an attractions deck, I don't think we would care because they probably, you know, you'd have that one guy that shows up to your EDH table with, you know, the attractions deck and wants to play spin the bottle or whatever the attractions are. Um, You see that once in a while, but like at other tables, you probably would never see it again. I think that part of what makes attractions, I don't know if interesting is a great word, but worth talking about, I'll say, is that while they are parasitic, you need like things, like the cards reference themselves. You want to play all of the stuff that makes attractions. Um, Because the attractions, the backside of it, like they spend themselves almost every turn. I don't know if we need to look at it in the same light that we would with energy when we're looking at older formats because you can just kind of splash a couple like attraction openers in your deck and then have access to like the benefits. Yeah. If like, that makes sense. So it's one of those things where uh, wizards has a long history of when they start, when they introduce a new mechanic or card type, they don't know how to properly cost the mechanic mm-hmm. or card type. So think about the early um, equipment. Yeah. Right. Umazawa's Jite, the swords, right? Gold clamp. Yeah. They no idea what those cards, what the tech should be, what the mana cost should be, and what the uh, equip cost should be. Then you mm-hmm. go to like vehicles, smuggler's right. copter, renegade freighter. Yep. No idea what the what the crew cost should be, what the mana value should be. And energy, same thing, like Rogue Refiner. If Rogue Refiner made one energy, uh, maybe fine for three mana, but at two energy and, make, and drawing you a card, that two energy was worth almost another card. Right, and, same thing with like Attune with Ether. Yes, Attune with Ether, the two energy was an extra card. Yep. And so... If those had one extra mana attacked on them, fine. But since they didn't, not fine. Not good. Right. Um, right. So there's a chance that they've not properly priced the attractions. Yep. So, And I think that's what we're going to look into today. Yes. So the, the attractions, they all have... Uh, their effect and there's numbers along the side. I think we explained this last time. And if yep. you roll your die, your six-sided die, and you hit the number, one of the numbers that is highlighted, you get a thing. You get the effect. Yep. Um. So I need to buy more because there, there were more that were spoiled since I put in my big order. <laughs> um. I spent eighty dollars on attractions. So. Whew. Yeah. I just was like twenty, 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 twenty. I will um, take them. Yes, I will take them. Uh, so, did you specifically order ones with high numbers? I did. I did not look at any that did not have high numbers. All right. I only focused on the ones that were like four, five, six, or three, four, five, six. Like I took yep. the highest numbers. 
And the reason for this is the cards from, um, what is it called? AFR. AFR. So two of them in particular, there's Barbarian Class and Pixie Guide. Mm-hmm. And they both have the same text, which is, if you would roll one or more dice, roll that many plus one, ignore the lowest. So if you have a if you have one that is four, five, six, and you're rolling two dice and you ignore the lowest die, right? Mm-hmm. You're I'm not a math scientist, but your odds go from fifty fifty right. up. Right? I don't know if you're seventy five percent to hit at that point or something. Or Yeah, I, I have no idea. I don't know. I'm sure we can figure I am it not out. a statistician. Yeah. I'm sure we can figure it out. So I figured with these cards that are pushing you, that are allowing you to ignore your lowest roll, mm-hmm. right? They're giving you an extra die and letting you ignore the low roll. Then you like you want to uh, focus on the higher numbers, yep. Because it's not letting you pick which roll you want; it's just saying get rid of the low one, right? Which also makes it harder to hit the low numbers. Exactly. It's not just making it easier to hit the high numbers. It makes it harder to hit the low ones. So if you have the choice between getting one that is on four, five, or six, mm-hmm. that is better for you than uh, uh, getting... Two, three, six, or whatever. Yeah, two, three, six, right? Because, oh, you wrote a five, well, that's a miss. Yeah. You wrote a five and a three, well, that's a miss because you're ignoring the low one. It's not giving you a choice. Right. Right. So, but if you have one that is five, six, a three and a five is a hit. Yep. So that was my thought is if someone was going to build a deck around attractions, they were going to probably want to use Barbarian Class and uh, Pixie Guide. Pixie Guide. And I could see, you know, if next summer they do yet another Dungeons and Dragons set, we get more dice rolling stuff. Right, maybe they have another, like, you know, oh, hey, ign- like the same kind of thing. Roll that many dice plus one yeah. and ignore the low, right? So then you start to get to this critical mass of things that are pushing all of your dice to the four, five, six area. Yeah, and getting back to, like, specking on these things, I, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know how this is going to play out. So, you know, at 20 cents a piece, I don't feel bad. You know, advising people to, you know, make a spec, but um, I, I'm not sure how these are going to play out. No. But if you are going to spec, there's no downside to not specking into the high numbers, right? Like, e- even if these find a home in a deck that isn't blue or red and doesn't have access to Barbarian Class or Pixie Guide, like, your chances are still the same to hit four, five, six as one, two, three. Yeah, they're exactly the same. So, like, it doesn't, other than those specific cards, it doesn't really matter which ones they are. So why not get the ones that are higher? Yeah, that have the upside. Yeah, right. And also, like, you know, if, let's say, you have uh, a bunch of them, like, let's say you had all three of your attractions uh, in the attraction zone. I don't know. Whatever, right? <laughs> Whatever. Your attractions. Well, so once they come off of your attractions deck, they're in play. They're just an artifact in play. Oh, they're just an artifact in play? Okay. So they, yeah. like, okay. So, but once they're, like, if you have three of them, right, the turns, if you had, like, 
one, three, and six to four and six, right? And then four, five, six, right? Mm-hmm. The the turns where you like out activate like two of them, mm-hmm. right? Are good, but if you have all of them, if they're all four, five, and six, right? The turns where you activate all three of them could just be so like backbreaking. Yeah. And if like 50% of the time you get to like make a one, one balloon with flying and then do a draw a card and bounce a creature. Yeah. Like for no mana. Right. Yeah. That's pretty good. You basically just play ether channeler for zero (laughs) mana. If you did that every other turn, you win every game that happens. (laughs) Right. Yeah. For the next six turns, every other turn, I'm going to make it 1-1 that bounces a permanent and draws me a card. Yep. I will win this game by the end of turn six. Or you will scoop up all of your cards because you are sad. These are the only options. Yeah. So So when I was going through these, um, I picked out 13 of them. Okay. You... I don't think there's a limit on how many you can have in your deck, but you have to have at least 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through and I pulled out the ones that weren't particularly good. And then I also pulled out the ones that were situational. Like some of these are good and splashy, but like they rely on a board state. Mm-hmm. And I figured because there's like inherent randomness already baked into these, you wanted ones that would be like as universally good as possible. So like there's one or two that like, I think there's one that gives plus one plus O to your team. And there's another one that gives plus two plus O to your team. Well, if you don't have a team, they don't do anything. So I didn't include them in this list because I didn't think that like, that's not how you should be building with these. I don't think. No, like the, like, there's already the variance of what three are going to be the three that you're using that game. No, that's sticker sheets. The, oh. These you get access to all 10. You shuffle them and then when oh, something okay. opens an attraction, you get the top one. Okay, so so you have one in 10. Yep. Right, so you like you don't know which ones you're going to get off the top. Yeah, it's just like drawing a card. Like, yeah. That's what, you, that's what so, you get. So you want to make sure that you don't want to take the ones that are situational because there's right. already so much randomness on like, well, if I get the one that is busted, yeah, uh, off the top, then that's great. But if I get the one that is plus one plus O, and I have no team, like you said, like you just didn't make an attraction, right? Right, you didn't get anything. So yep, yeah, that makes so sense. So that's kind of kind of how I picked these. Um, they're most of them are more kind of value added over time. Um, than like big splashy effect. Mm-hmm. So, so the first so one we that's have where here we are. is yep. balloon stand. Mm-hmm. It has two numbers that are are highlighted. So, whatever ones you get, you're gonna have. It's always six is always a hit, and then one other number. Yep. And you can like, if you hit the number, you make a one one, uh, balloon token. Or, or you can sacrifice a balloon and give a creature flying. Yeah, I don't think that second part's necessarily relevant. Although, like, occasionally it might be. Give your Gurmag Angler flying for a turn and block a, you know, whatever. Um, But, you know, just a free 1-1 for hopefully doing not a whole lot of legwork is pretty good a third of the time. Yeah. Again, like, if 
if you were playing like a legacy game and mm-hmm. every third turn you got a one one yep for doing literal nothing yep right that card is amazing mm-hmm. so all right what's the next one we got here because i don't know all of these that's all right next up we have bounce chamber um this is also a two number attraction so it's like Brian said, the, all of these hit on sixes and all of them miss on ones. So it's however, like other numbers are highlighted, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is all, just like the last one. This is a two two hitter, so a third of the time. Um, and whenever you hit, you return a creature you don't control with the lowest toughness among creatures you don't control to its owner's hand. So if you hit, it bounces one of your opponent's creatures. Um, and it can't ever hit your stuff. Yeah. Like, again, if you get to unsummon a creature for free mm-hmm. every third turn, yep. like, even if it's, like, not their best creature, and I know, like, sometimes it's, like, not going to do anything because, like, it bounces their Delver and they have a uh, a Murktide Regent. Yeah. But still, you bounce the Delver for free. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Yep. I agree. Concession Stand is the food token one, right? Yep, another two number one, and when you hit it, makes a food token. Now this one is probably one of the worst out of the ones I picked because it, like, a food token is not really worth a whole lot. But you know, game objects can be powerful. Yes, so yes, it's worth looking at. We've definitely seen that, and I guess we've like kind of discounted the fact that like attractions are just artifacts. Mm-hmm. So right, like Urza, Lord High Artificer, still gets to tap them for blue. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> right? Like, you can just sacrifice them with Deadly Dispute or two Deadly yep. Dispute. Like, oh, yeah. So there's still, like, things you can do with them. They make you a construct if you sack one to an Oni Anvil. Yeah, like, there's just a number of, like, free game objects are always powerful. They count for Metalcraft. They do. Galvalast yeah. someone after you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next up. Costume shop. Ooh. Uh, you may put a sticker on a non-land permanent you own. And this is a three hit, so it's half of the time. Uh, this one might be worse than uh, the, the food token one. Well, I mean, it, yeah, probably. It's okay, more it, situational. It, it but, depends I mean, on the stickers, stickers are free. Yeah. Yeah. Depends on Although I stickers. guess you still have to pay the ticket cost, though, right? Yes, because you can okay, never so place yeah, this a sticker. One might just be worse then. You can never put place a sticker without paying the ticket cost. Yep. All right, so this one might be worse then. So there's two down out of the thirteen. You've almost got your ten card deck picked. There you go. Next uh, up, after costume costume shop, we have foam weapons kiosk. Put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. That creature gains vigilance until end of turn. It's uh, homestead courage for free. For free. One out of every three turns seems mm-hmm. reasonable. Like you yep. need the build around is have a creature, which yeah. seems doable. Yeah. The reason why I left this one instead of the ones that like buff your team is that it's permanent and mm-hmm. vigilance. So like the counter sticks around like, I mean, even if you put this on something stupid, like a, I don't know, stitcher supplier or blood guest or something like it, it makes it bigger. It's just yeah. going to be bigger. Whereas with the other one, like, you might not even want to attack the turn that your team gets pumped. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it might not be worth it. This is always going to leave behind some value as long as you have a creature. 
Yep. And that's a two hitter. Yes. So a third of the time. Then we have fortune teller. This is a three hitter. So half of the time and you scry one. Um, You're powerful, always going to want to scry one. Powerful effect. Like, yeah. great. Yep. Remember uh, the original Thassa? Mm-hmm. That just was scry one every upkeep? Yep. Card was good. Mm-hmm. Was, mind you, was. <laughs> but yeah, At one point in time. This is fine. Yep. Then we have Hall of Mirrors. So this one is a little conditional, um, but not as conditional as some of the rest. Um, but it says it's a two-hitter, so a third of the time. You choose a creature you control, and each other creature you control becomes a copy of that creature until the end of turn, except it isn't legendary if the chosen creature is legendary. So, like, like if you have a board, you just get, like, your best creature. Well, so what if you have, uh, like, a young pyromancer that's oh, yeah, you, made, like, three elementals? You just get a bunch of And then of you brainstorm. And, yeah, you make four elementals off of your brainstorm. Yeah, great. Yep. Totally, totally workable. Yep. And that's not, like, an obscene board to have either. Yeah, so and, like... Hollow Mirrors was kind of cool. And, again, this was, like, I think the pre-order was 49 cents or 75 cents or something. Yep. Or if you turn all your Delvers into Merktides or... Oh, yeah. <laughs> then you, like, exile some cards and all your Delvers that are Merktides get way bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Seems seems good. Yep. Uh, Haunted House is the next one. It's a two-hitter. And when you hit, you return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste and you exile it at the beginning of your next end step. So... As long as there's something in your yard, you're going to get value off of it. Yeah. You uh, mentioned hitting like a gristle daddy or something off of this. My reanimator attractions deck. <laughs> no, I think that it is. Again, they're all kind of borderline, but mm-hmm. like. Yeah, but um, I think like we're going to get into the enablers afterwards. Mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted to outline like what the uh, attraction what, what, what you could actually like. do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if the enablers are good enough, like these are kind of a free roll. Yeah, they're so like you can free effects. roll, like randomly maybe get something out of your graveyard. Seems seems pretty good for no no mana investment. Mm-hmm. And then we have information booth, another two hitter, and this one draws a card when it hits. Hey, every every third turn, your howling mind's untapped. Mm-hmm. Seems good. Sounds good. Yeah, like this is like drawing an extra card for free is mm-hmm. like the kind of thing that like snowballs quickly. Oh yeah, super quickly. So I pick a beetle. Pick a beeble. Beeble. Sorry. Yeah. This is a three hitter. And when it hits, you roll a six sided die, put a number of look counters on pick a beeble equal to the result, and make a treasure token. Then if there are six or more luck counters on pick a claim the prize. And the prize is make two treasure tokens, sacrifice this, and open an attraction. So it's like a little bit of ramp. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it becomes like, I guess, a lot of bit of ramp. You'd make and then th- replaces itself with something else. You'd make three treasures that turn. Yep. 
uh, also um, works very well with uh, Barbarian Class and um, uh, what is it? A Pixie Guy. Because, mm-hmm. right, if you have the high number version of it, those help you hit. And right. then on the visit, they help you put more counters on it. Right. Right. So, like, in theory, like, you would get this the second time you hit. Mm-hmm. You would get the two treasures in the new attraction. Yep. So. For yeah. basically free. For free. Yep. Then we have Storybook Ride. Uh, this is a three-header. And you exile the top X cards of your library, where X is the number of attractions you've visited this turn. And you may play those cards this turn at the beginning of the next end step of any of those cards. Uh, remain exiled. Put them on the bottom bottom of your library in any order. So this is better than draw a card. Yes. Right. Even if well, it's... it's multiple cards potentially. Yeah. So it's worse than draw a card if like X is one, but as soon as X is two, right? That's just great. Mm-hmm. Like th- this is another one that like you hit once or twice and the game ends. Yeah, you just buried your opponent. Yeah. You you visit this thing and flip like I don't know a brainstorm and a lightning bolt. <laughs> yeah. But but it, it's base it's on some level it's escape to the wilds. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, right? Like, you know, you only get them for a temporary amount of time, but that's still like if you flip any three cards and you're like land and anything else like yeah you do you're that pretty happy with that yeah like you're ecstatic you're like oh awesome like i just drew two cards i guess i get to win now yep like i spent no mana drew two cards and now i'll play like uh expressive iteration mm-hmm. yeah th- that's true this is probably comparable to free expressive iteration yeah all right because you're you're probably gonna play like if you hit three times you're gonna play two of them Absolutely. Kind of like, you know, exiling one and putting one into your mm-hmm. hand because you didn't have to pay the mana for this up front. People have been bringing meltdowns in to get rid of, <laughs> attractions. Get rid of attractions. Uh, I wonder what happens if you get like Hercules recalled that go in your hand and then just stay there the rest of the game. Hmm. Maybe can they not? Like, it's probably a weird rules thing where they, they, they can't go to your hand. Maybe if they leave the battlefield, they just go to the junkyard. I don't know, maybe. I just said the junkyard, like, unironically. <laughs> oh, I forgot that's actually what it's called. Yeah. 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 All right. And then we <laughs> have go to the junkyard. Swinging ship. This is a two-hitter. And after the first combat phase this turn, there's an additional combat phase. Uh, and then you can untap all your creatures of attack this turn. Um, yeah. Uh, this is a free, is it like a four or five mana spell? Mm-hmm. Yes, I would like to untap my Ragavan and swing again. Yes. But, like, if you think about it like that, that effect costs four to five mana. Yeah, and usually at four mana, there's a downside. Like, yeah. Uh, was it Combat Celebrant? Com- like it, he it was three. Tapped. He yeah, was three? Yeah, he was two in a red. He stayed tapped. Or yeah. she stayed tapped. The thing stayed tapped. Um, the Celebrator. But, yeah, but the... This is like, you know, again, like if every third turn you get an extra combat step, you probably only need one extra combat step and you win the game. Right. See, a swinging ship hadn't been spoiled when stuff was out. (laughs) 
Then we have Trash Bin. I think you're going to like this one. Yeah. Uh, it's a two-hitter. Mill two cards and return a card at random from your graveyard to your hand. I like so this is cards. Well, this is mill two cards, draw a card. It is. Like, and, like, I know that, like, random feels bad, but that's just what drawing a card is, is a random right. card out of, out of your deck. Right. And, like, this is a... And presumably most of the cards in your graveyard were things that you had like cast previously. Mm-hmm. So or used like or, a wasteland yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. So there's like presumably a higher propensity to those cards that are useful. Right. So yeah, no, this is also so there's like two, there's three of them that are just some variation on draw a card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that can't possibly go wrong. Right. So that is uh, the extent of the ones that I thought were mm-hmm. worth an include. Um, like there being 10 of them in your, you have to run at least 10 of them. Mm-hmm. Um, like the bar, I think, changes a little bit because of that. Yeah. Um, where you can afford to like put one or two that are, like if they're just free value, you can afford to play one or two that maybe aren't quite as powerful. Yeah, you probably But I tried to pick ones that were more consistent. You probably wouldn't play the sticker one. So that probably right. gets us down. Yeah. So, but like, I think, you know. Unless stickers are busted. as much of a free, free roll as these are. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I think that these are all like, you could make a... 10 attraction deck that you'd be happy with pretty much any of the attractions that you flipped. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that is like the key is you want it to be like, regardless of what attraction flips that you're going to be happy that that attract, that you have that free value. Yeah. So. Okay. So next we have some of the, uh, Oh, we can talk about this next thing real quick. I forgot about this. Um, yes. I, I went through to check and see, uh, how many of these were popper legal? And unfortunately, there's not enough to make a deck in popper. There's only eight of them. Gavin Verhees was not consulted. <laughs> Either that or they did it on purpose. Maybe. maybe like if just... this kind of just turned into um, Initiative 2.0 or whatever, maybe yeah. they, they were like, yeah, let's not do this. Maybe. Like that would be like, so maybe Gavin was like, don't do this. Yeah, could yeah. be. Like we don't have to ban all these cards in like six months. Yeah. Um, I think I've got like six or so of these, uh, the enablers, and half of those are at common. So, mm-hmm. like the ones that I picked out that might be eternal playable are at common. So, maybe that was enough to scare people off. Maybe. The uh, first one is command performance, one in a blue for a sorcery. Uh, it is a common. Uh, and you get to choose two open an attraction. Roll to visit an attraction, you get two tickets, or you put a sticker on a non-land permanent you own. And you get to pick two of those. Yeah. So you can open an attraction and then roll for it, or get two tickets and then Spend put them a sticker on, on something, mm-hmm. or some combination of those. Yeah. I mean, it like, right, It's it basically reads like, you know, worst cases, you know, open attraction and then visit that attraction right for two mana or ticket put a sticker on something Mm -hmm. right so if like two tickets and then putting a sticker on something is worth a card then command conformance is reasonable 
or if yeah. opening if, if your attractions are good enough that like visiting them is worth a as putting one into play and visiting one is worth a card fine yeah. i really hope that we're not going to end up building like legacy attractions <laughs> well and like i said it depends on what the downside is um one of the cards at least one of the cards we're going to talk about like i don't think there is a downside to having it in your mid-rangey value mm-hmm. four color pile deck yeah no um, i agree and if there's just no downside then like i i don't understand why you would give up the admittedly not a ton of value but there's value to be had yeah so wait what's up next <clears throat> Next up is uh, Deadbeat Attendant. Two mana for a 1-1. When it enters the battlefield, open an attraction. Not uh, the most powerful thing in the world, but you know, if you're doing attractions, this is probably about the rate. Like the last card we looked at um, was two mana for a sorcery that you know made an attraction and then rolled it. This is two mana for a sorcery that makes a one, one and opens an attraction. Yeah. So this like kind of might be the rate, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's, it's close. I can, again, if your attractions are good enough. Yeah. And this is the one that I think is just kind of free value and what might make people, you know, bring an attractions deck to a legacy event where maybe they might not have otherwise. This is a lifetime pass holder, mm-hmm. single black mana for a 2-1 zombie. Uh, it enters the battlefield tapped. When it dies, you open an attraction. And when you roll to visit your attractions, if you roll a 6, you return it from your graveyard to the battlefield. So this is, it's just kind of free, free roll value for attractions. Yeah. Like you play this guy and the next turn you Cabal Therapy. Oh, yeah. And... Like you get the value off your therapy and then also get to start the attraction game rolling. Like if you do this on turn one therapy, turn two, like you're, you're going to get attractions values for the rest of the game. I, I had, I had not thought of him as a veteran explorer. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very close to veteran explorer. We got, we got a, we got another card for Nick fit. <laughs> I mean, that's the point of Nick fit, right? Is every card goes in Nick <laughs> Everything fit. fits. Everything fits. This is a nice fit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can set them for mana to a, uh, what you call it, Phyrexian Tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's tons of stuff to do with them. Um, and I think, like, the power levels, it, obviously you're not going to play this in, like, a like a combo deck. You're not going to play it in Storm or anything. Um, and you're probably not going to play it in like an aggro deck and i don't know that he fits in like a prison deck but any of the like mid-range value piles i think he's uh he'll be pretty good for uh, value over the course of the game the shrifo pile or whatever yeah yeah yep. all right then we have coming attraction it's a two and a green for a sorcery search your library for a basic land card put it on the battlefield tap shuffle open an attraction um so this is one of those cards that is almost they just stuck open attraction on it for free mm-hmm. right like because the going rate for get a land on the battlefield tapped is three it is. that is the rate in like magic right now it's three 
So, like, this is just open an attraction for no mana. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cultivate that opens an attraction instead of draws you a land. I mean, there's the the card in Dominaria United that is two and a green, get a land on the battlefield tapped. Yeah. Um, that has, like, kicker one in the light to make two tokens. Like, this mm-hmm. is... This is that that unkicked version of that card. Right. Yeah, and instead of kicker, it has open an attraction. Yeah, for no mana as opposed to one in the white. So yeah, this is... Correct. Like, if this isn't common, I could see why maybe they didn't want to put, like, attractions in at common. Yeah, I mean, the, um, the two mana zombie was also a common, mm-hmm. and that the two mana sorcery was also a common. Yeah, salt, salt eye attractions... Sultai Attractions dot deck. Yeah. Then we have uh, DK Finder of the Lost, one blue black for a one four. It's a zombie, and when it enters the battlefield, you open an attraction. Whenever you roll a two, each opponent loses one life. You gain a life. Whenever you roll a four, you may tap or untap target artifact or creature. And whenever you roll a six, return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Um. This is the one I went hard on. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking that I didn't realize that we were only going to have, we wouldn't be able to like have uh, for, for Brad, a PDH attractions deck. Oh, <laughs> great. Cause this is, this is your PDH attractions commander. Attractions commander. Yeah. Um, but like worst case scenario, it pitches the force of will. It does. Right. Like it's right at that, like, a one four that's like gonna draw you a card sometimes or whatever. Like, it's probably not good enough, but it's close. Mm-hmm. Like you can like think about it. Yeah. Also, like, you know, if you wanted like attractions in your cube, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh this, yeah, this is definitely like a cube card. Like I bought this version and the fancy version. Ooh. Ooh yeah, yeah, for a quarter <laughs> a piece or whatever. Yeah, whatever they are. Whatever they are. What do you think about this next guy? Um, I don't know. Like, so it's the most dangerous gamer, which I guess is a play on man being the most dangerous game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's two black green for a two two with death touch, and um, when it enters the battlefield or attacks, open an attraction. Mm-hmm. And then whenever you open an attraction, put a counter on the most dangerous uh, gamer. Uh, and gosh, I, and whenever you destroy a permanent, uh, whenever you claim a prize on an attraction, destroy yeah. target permanent. Only uh, only one of the attractions that we talked about has a prize on it. Yeah. I think so, the rest of them are all acorn. Yeah. Um, so this is a four mana three three. Mm-hmm. With that, that touch. With that touch, and would attack the following turn as a four four. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, and at that point has opened you two attractions. It is right at the edge again. Nickfit attractions dot deck. <laughs> we'll have to wait until these get on moto, and we'll uh, we'll have to popularize Nickfit attractions. There we go. Um. Space it, goes coast to coast. That's what we'll call it. There we go. <laughs> uh, but it's like super close. Yeah. And like that's, you know, I'm going to say that 
for like this and the last one like the third close because like i don't know i didn't look at mix mince and boo and go like oh legacy, legacy playable yeah warps the format yeah. i also didn't realize that when you down ticket you draw cards equal to the creature's power yeah. not just a card it's like yeah. oh you sack the hamster and you draw four cards oh my <laughs> um but like this is like a modern magic card with way too much text. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, Saltai Attractions could, like, be a thing. Well, like, most of the value pile decks are some form of Saltai. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, the problem is, is, like, you know, you're competing with, like, Uro. Oh, yeah. Like I mean, I know, I know that they're not, you know, on the same power level as Uro, yeah. but... If you can find room in your deck for a couple lifetime pass holders and like one of this guy. Yeah. Or maybe you run some sort of like a um, living wish package where you're like, oh, this game's going to be super grindy. Let me get an attraction out of my sideboard. Yeah, let me go get this guy and whatever he hits. Like if they don't have a removal spell, I get two attractions and then that value will win the game. Yeah. I'm just thinking of like Depp's living wish for the most dangerous gamer. <laughs> oh, plan C, the most dangerous gamer. Yeah, right. You're, you're not going to get the four mana in Depp's. No. no. <laughs> not if things are going right. No. And then what is our last one? This is Mira the Magnificent. Uh, this one might be a little bit closer on power level. Mm-hmm. It's two blue red for a two four. And whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand, open an attraction. Like, I think that's it. Like, if that's all this card did, that might be close. I mean, uh, I did not buy this one. Maybe I should have, because again, worst case scenario, it pitches to force. Yeah. Um, But like, you play this and then protect it with a force. Mm-hmm. Or a daze, or yeah. both. And yeah, you get, you get an attraction. Yeah. Like, that could be, again, that could be good enough. Yep. It also has uh, X tap, exile target instant or sorcery card with mana value X from your graveyard, and choose an attraction you control that doesn't have a midway counter on it. Put a midway counter on it. Whenever you visit that attraction, copy the exiled card. You may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. So you just, like, put a brainstorm underneath your... uh... Your draw card, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And like you could do this. So I would. Ass- so the attractions trigger in your upkeep. No, they trigger like a saga. So in your upkeep, you could. It doesn't say as uh, a sorcery. Does not. So like in your upkeep, you could just dump a brainstorm or a ponder under mm-hmm. your attraction, and now you're like rolling for. You know, whatever, right? You're rolling for like getting the hit off your attraction plus then casting a brainstorm or a ponder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you win that game pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, and it's in good old uh, pixie guide or whatever, and uh, barbarian class is color. So there we did it. It is. If nothing else, like commander fodder for sure. Mm-hmm. No, I, th- I think this one's pretty close though. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So then we have. Well, do you want to uh, wrap up? Sure. Um, 
kind of closing thoughts on attractions because hopefully we don't have to talk about infinity too much after the show so um <laughs> it having seen like the ones that we think might, or the ones that i think you know might be playable and some of the enablers um the enablers are all like th- they are the mana cost you'd expect them to be if they didn't have the open an attraction thing. Yeah. Right. So like the, the Golgari guy, most dangerous gamer, mm-hmm. if it was like whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Right. Like, and had death touch and had death touch. Like, yeah, it would cost That's four what mana. To play. Yeah. Right. And so like, you're also getting the additional value of attractions. Mm-hmm. And like, at what point do you need like probably having two or three out on the battlefield so that you're kind of getting value, presumably like every turn? Yeah. Now, if you're not building hard around the like, uh, you know, barbarian class, uh, whether a pixie guide or whatever, maybe having a spread of numbers so that you so are you get not... some sort of value every turn. As opposed to like banking on you're just going to trigger them every single turn. There's an argument yeah. there, but I also think that like you just want to trigger them every single turn. Yeah. Right. Like if you can set it up that like if they're good enough and then you can cast them every turn or trigger mm-hmm. them every turn, like you just win off of free stuff. So the mirror there, mm-hmm. um, I don't think you necessarily have to build around attractions no. to play that card. Um, that's also just, you know, extra value on a card. But it is in the correct colors to build around. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, um, if nothing else, like, you definitely are going to see someone who's going to build the, like, Mira Commander deck. Yeah. With, like, incense and sorceries and then attractions. And then you just throw those two cards in. Yeah. Um, but what do you think about like some of the other stuff being just free roll value, like the rampant growth or the, you know, gutter bones or. I mean, it really depends on like how snowbally the attractions are, right? Mm-hmm. Like if like gutter bones is not playable in legacy. Right. Right. But if a gutter bones, well, right. But bloodgast is though. Yeah, this might be closer to bloodgast than gutter bones because you don't have to pay to bring it back. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't happen as frequently. It happens one out of every six turns, unless you're doing shenanigans. True. Um, but well, one out of every three turns. There's none that are just like a one in six shot. Well, no, no. The 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 zombie only comes back on a six. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, it's not like if you vision an attraction, he comes back, yeah. you have to hit a six, but, um, but like if, you know, we find that if you have two or three of these on the battlefield, mm-hmm. the incremental value that you get just becomes overwhelming. Yeah. Then all of these become playable, right? Probably not the green ramp spell. Right. It, that's more like EDH or when I was yeah. making this list, I had a jotted down rarities too that one's the common so i was yeah. thinking EDH or pop but like or if what? you like most dangerous gamer 
lifetime pass holder. Like if you played like if you were like full on like four pass holders, cabal therapies, uh, Frexian Tower kind of deal, and you're just going yeah. hard on that with a couple lifetime uh, with a couple most dangerous gamers, and then you're like, oh, I'm can I can consistently have you know two or three attractions open by turn three. Maybe that's good enough, even if you mm-hmm. don't have to build around it. Yep. All right, moving on. We are visiting the wonderful world of stickers. Stickers. Um, again, I went through and pulled out the best ones. I think. So, <laughs> Although this is, these are a lot more subjective. Yes, uh, I would say that. No, I didn't buy any of these. And maybe yeah. I will if the prices go down on TCG Player. If these are like a penny, yeah, I will buy some. My thought process being, if these are at all in any way, shape, or form eternal playable, mm-hmm. right? How sticky are these stickers going to stay? Not very. And so, right, now at some point in a year, right, it's not nearly as much fun. If you are taking a little piece of paper and putting it on your on your card, like you want to stick a squirrel on your card, you don't right. want to just be like you want to stick a, a a toque, as the Canadians <laughs> say, a toboggan on your uh, on your Urza, right? You don't want to just like have a little like piece of paper that says like hat, beanie, yeah, beanie, and like throw it on your Urza, right? So. These might have like a finite lifespan. Mm-hmm. And then someone's going to be willing to pay for them, maybe. Maybe. No, that's what um, I'm saying. If they go to like a penny, yeah. Two cents, sure. Like, <laughs> I'm not pre ordering. Little to no downside. Yeah, I'm not pre ordering these for 20 cents a piece. Yeah. Um, when I was going through these, I pretty much ignored the names and the pictures because mm-hmm. they're not super relevant. Outside of like extreme corner cases where like you need to get around a pithing needle. So you put a cannonball on your whatever. Yeah. You're, you're dark chase the mind sculptor. Yeah. Um, so I mainly focused on the abilities and to a lesser extent, the power toughness. Um, mm-hmm. I think the power toughness ones are costed to the point where they're a little bit prohibitive mm-hmm. or not good enough. Um, and they're also more conditional. Like it depends on what your creature is as to like which power and toughness might be good for that creature. And because with these, you get three random ones and that's all you get access to for the whole game. It's a little bit more random than the attractions where you might get through, you know, half of the ones that you pick. Yeah. Um, so I mainly focused on the text boxes. Mm-hmm. And the first one we have here is uh, Urza's Dark Cannonball. For two tickets, it gives double Exalted. And for three tickets, it gives Shadow. Um, I don't know what like the actual in-game tempo or card cost of tickets are going to be, but double Exalted is pretty good. Yeah. And Shadow is really good. Yeah. So. And then we've got what Misunderstood Trapeze Elf. <laughs> Misunderstood Trapeze Elf, yep. It's uh, two tickets 
for whenever you cast a spell, this creature gets plus X plus X, where X is the amount of generic mana in that spell's mana cost, which can kind of get out of hand. Mm-hmm. Um, you imagine having this on like a Delver and then you cast a um, Merktide. Ugh. That's a that's a lot of X. Mm-hmm. And then for three tickets, it gains Hexproof. Yeah. And if you have four tickets laying around, it can be a 6-6. Six, six. Hexproof. Giant beater. That's right. Okay. We have Happy Dead Squirrel. Two tickets for tap to add two. Spend this mana only to cast non-creature spells. So it makes your creature a power stone. And for three tickets, it gets Infect. Um, also, this one is one of the ones that might be decent for power toughness. Two tickets gets you three two, mm-hmm. or four tickets gets you four seven, which are kind of reasonable stats. Yeah. Uh, Deep fried plague mirror is two tickets for whenever this creature attacks scry one, or three tickets for when this permanent leaves the battlefield. You may destroy target artifact or enchantment. Seems reasonable. Yeah, kind of cool. This one's also pretty decent for the power and toughness. It's uh, three tickets for four or five or four tickets for eight four. Okay. Uh, Sticky Kavu Daredevil. These are like the worst names to read. Yes. Uh, two tickets for when this permanent dies, you may return target creature to its owner's hand. Or four tickets for whenever this creature attacks, creatures you control get plus one, plus one till end of turn. Okay. Like, I'm, uh, think, I, I'm thinking of these, like, looking at the enablers, which we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven that are common. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm just thinking them as, like, popper cards. Yeah, or cube cards. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, we can just skip to the enablers if you want to. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't know if there's much point in going through these sticker sheets. I can, yeah, uh, we've, we've, I can make the list of decent ones like available to people. Yeah, we've, we, I can throw them in the show notes. Uh, we've, we've kind of gone over enough. They get like the vibe. Yeah. All your hard work just zipping by. Nah, that's fine. I didn't, really didn't feel like reading them all anyway. Okay. All right. So first one we have for the enablers is a park bleeder that's a with a t not a d uh two and a white for a two two goat whenever another creature you own enters the battlefield you get a ticket and you can pay a white and tap it to put a sticker on a creature you own that entered the battlefield this turn reasonable yep it's uh oh gosh like the uh inspiring orator Mm -hmm. but instead of for life it's for tickets uh, Robo Pinata is two and a white for a two-one artifact creature clown robot. When it dies, you choose one. You either get two tickets or you put a sticker on a non-land permanent you control. And this is this one's a common. Okay. And it's uh, not filled with delicious candy, and it's not a trick. And it's <laughs> fair enough. Fair yep. enough. It's filled with stickers. Yep. We've already did command performance. Yep, also a common. So yeah. if you're wanting to put stickers on your stuff and popper, this one might be right up your alley. And prize wall. One in a blue for an 04 defender. One in a blue 
or uh, just a blue, tap it, you get a ticket. Or four and a blue, you get to put a sticker on something. Activate only as a sorcery. Grindy ticket deck, block. Yep. Get a ticket. Uh, Minotaur de Force. One and a red for a 2-1 with haste. And when it enters the battlefield, you get a ticket, and then you get to put a sticker on something. I mean, a 2-1 with haste is just like, that is the stats for for two. That is the stats for that card. Mm-hmm. Like so, all the other text is just free. Yeah, um, I mean, it's. I think the cheapest sticker cost is two, two. So the one ticket doesn't matter. But if you're trying to get around, you know, some other effect by needing to change the name or put a hat on your artwork, um, those don't cost tickets. Fair, yeah. What's this next one we got? This is a uh, Blurbeben buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's an alien guest. He's a 1 1 trampler. And uh, green tap, you get a ticket. Yep. Um, That's weird. He's a 1 1 trampler. I mean, he's kind of like, uh, what's his name? Oh, I guess, I guess what you're supposed to do is put a sticker on him. Yeah, to make him bigger. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, gosh, like, what is it? Brush, brushwag? Or brushwag? Oh, yeah. Uh, from the, uh, oh gosh, from Ikoria, where you're supposed to mutate onto him because he's a one man, uh, one one trampler. Yeah. Yeah. So you just, like, put the 8 4 sticker on this guy. Yep. And then go to town, little buddy. <laughs> go, go get him. All right. Uh, chicken, chicken troop? Chicken troop. For one in the green for a 2-2. Hey, congratulations. You are a grizzly bear. Um, <laughs> no, it's a chicken. You're a grizzly chicken. Um, <laughs> has ward two, and when it enters the battlefield, you get a ticket. Then you may put mm-hmm. a sticker on an online apartment you control. So, yeah. again, like this... reasonable stats and mana cost. Yeah, this guy and the previous guy were both comments also. Yeah. And then... Costume. Just in case you want to double up with uh, attractions and stickers. Costume, uh, costume shop. shop from up above uh, is an attraction that when it hits, you get to put a sticker on something. Yeah. Although I guess if you're trying to do this in Popper, you can't really play yeah. this because there's not enough. Yeah, but I mean, if if stickers are like energy good. Mm-hmm. Then, like, because I mean... I know, like, the, the power and toughness is a pretty big ask, but, like, mm-hmm. if, like, the stickers are semi-free, yeah. and then it's, like, you get to, like, give a creature permanently or <clears throat> perpetually um, plus two plus one. Yeah. Right, you would do that. Well, there's a there's a heroic deck in Popper, isn't there? Yeah. Oh, would stickers, like... Heroic well, is only spells, right? It, it is, but like if you double exalted, if you oh, put yeah. the double exalted sticker on something in your heroic deck, like or shadow, yeah, or shadow. It's like you have shadow now. Get in there, yeah. Get in there, little buddy. Yeah. All right. So then, what are our? We have some cards that are just kind of like chilling. Yeah, I didn't go through um, 
like some of the ones that we had previously talked about. Like I think way back when Infinity got spoiled, we talked a little bit about Saw in half. So I didn't really want to rehash some of that mm -hmm. stuff. Um, so I just picked out three quick cards here for us to go over. The first is Embiggen, a green mana for an instant. And until end of turn, non-brushwag creature gets plus one, plus, plus one for each super type, card type, and subtype it has. Okay, so super types are like, sn like snow and world. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, are there any others? Like, like legendary isn't a super type, is it? Um, that might be. And then card type, tribal, artifact instance. creature. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and then the subtype is you know whatever. What do you whatever, mean, like... whatever kind of guy it is. So oh, subtype gotcha. is like uh, dwarf artificer human would be have, soldier. You would have two subtypes, right? Do you know why? So non-brushwag. Well, because changelings would be uh, infinite, infinite, right? Yes, or and... ne nearly. <clears throat> Mark Rosewater said that it was um, that they didn't want it to work with changelings, and mm -hmm. they thought Brushwag was the funniest creature type. <laughs> Makes sense. So, changeling outcast into embiggenet. <laughs> Ready, go. C -c 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 Combo nation. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's probably plus two or it's like giant growth a lot of times yeah i think like fail case is probably giant growth because yeah. it's creature and then race job yeah but what about um like bladed agent that's a phyrixian human rogue creature oh. this is a one mana plus four plus four that's good and Glis is Glistener Elf just a, is it a Phyrexian Elf? Uh, it's a. F it, it's more than that. It's a Phyrexian something Elf, I think. Oh man. We both. Uh... Um, it is a Phyrexian Elf Warrior, so okay. it's also plus four plus four. I mean that's good. I mean might of Old Crosa. Yep. Like makes you telegraph it. This you don't have to. Right. Yeah, I mean, plus four, plus four is pretty good. And what does, um, oh gosh, Ink Moth Nexus? Oh, that's a artifact. It is a land. It stays a land. And it becomes so an artifact creature land. Uh, it becomes a Blink Moth artifact creature. It's a Phyrexian Blink Moth. Oh, it is a Phyrexian Blink Moth? Yeah, so it's a Phyrexian Blink Moth artifact creature land. Oh, so reading the new version of the card, it doesn't say Phyrexian on it. The Oracle text says one Ink Moth Nexus becomes a 1-1 one, one Phyrexian Blink Moth Artifact Creature. Okay. That's weird that like the Double Masters version doesn't say that it's a Phyrexian. Yeah, I don't know. That's the Oracle text. I believe you. But like, it's just, yeah, so that's plus five plus five? Yep. Like that's... It's almost dead. Yeah, that's real good. Yep. So there you go. There's your there's your... legacy infect gets a new toy in Embiggen. There you go. Because I mean, all the creatures you want to pump. I guess what is um, 
Now we just have to check all what is Noble Hierarch. Noble Hierarch creature, is... Human, druid. Yeah, creature, so, human, druid. Giant growth? Yep. Yeah, fail case is giant growth. Yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah. Embiggen, so, get in there. Get in there, buddy. Get and in it's, there. it's a common. It is a common. I, I think we talked at one point that uh, Infect was a thing in Popper, right? Yeah, and then uh, we got sent screenshots of it, like, winning games. Yeah. So there you go. Popper, you Infect. Go. We got our, we got our, we got our, we got our hand on the finger on the pulse of uh, <laughs> of popper shenanigans, and embiggen is where it's at. It's also kind of a cool name. It is. Embiggen it. Yeah, I feel like it's been like a meme name, and then they just like made it. Probably would not surprise me. I don't, I don't, I guess I don't recall embiggening things, but yeah. Um, Zap Brannigan. Zap Brannigan. Looks just like him. So Captain Rex Nebula for one red white. He's a 2-2 legendary creature, human pilot employee. Uh, he would get five plus five plus five from him. Plus five plus five. That's right. Uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn, target non-land permanent that you control becomes a vehicle artifact. And so end of turn, it has base power toughness. Uh, its base power toughness are each equal to its mana value. It has crew two. With crash land, whenever this vehicle deals damage, roll a six-sided die. If the result is equal to the vehicle's mana value, then it deals that much damage to any target, then sacrifice this vehicle. Whew. Yeah, that's a lot of text on that guy. Yes. Um. So, I guess there's, like, two things, right? Like, so anything that is, like, big... Mm-hmm. That becomes a vehicle, like with things with delve break yeah. this, but then they don't get thrown, right? Like, uh, so, True. like you, like you don't get to fling it, but you just have it. So, right, you like delve out your Gurmag Angler, and this gives your Gurmag Angler plus two plus two. Mm-hmm. But like, if you delve out a Murktide Regent, um. It uh, gives your Merc, because your Merc regions of 2 2 base power toughness. Mm-hmm. This gives it plus. A lot, a lot. 7 plus 7. Yep. Because Merc Tide is 7 blue, blue. So plus 7 plus 7 plus however many counters are on it. Again, it never gets flung, but at that point, it doesn't matter. Still flies. Still flies. Yeah, it doesn't lose any of that stuff. Yeah, um, like, interesting. Like, yeah, this I, is, I don't know if it's good, but it, it's funny. This is also, like, again, like, it's a reasonable commander card. Yeah. Right, like, you just have a bunch of artifacts, like, your deck is just full of, like, Spine of Ishas or whatever. Mm-hmm. You attack with it, and I guess that was Hop on one, in. Yeah, that, but that's not <laughs> one you can throw. But, like, something yeah. like, or uh, Icar Wellspring. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you, that's a fun one to throw. You attack with it, you deal two, you throw, yep. you fling it, you draw a card. Seems reasonable. Yep. yep. And he can crew if the turn he comes out. That is true. The uh, last one up is Magar of the Magic Strings. This mm-hmm. was one of the ones that was spoiled early, but I don't think we ever talked about it. No. Um, 
it's also just a whole bunch of value on a card, regardless of it being like, you know, an uncard or whatever. It's one black red for a three, three minotaur performer. Uh, and you pay one black red note, the name of an instant or sorcery card in your graveyard and put it on onto the battlefield face down. It's a three, three creature with whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, you may create a copy of the card with the noted name and you may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. And if this creature would leave the battlefield, exile it instead of putting it anywhere else. So it makes a morph of an instant, or basically a 3-3 morph of an instant or sorcery. And whenever that creature connects, uh, you get to cast it for free. Why do you have to note the name? Uh, probably because you can't have... It's like a hidden information thing. Yeah, but like you could like when you could like show them like it's a lightning bolt through you. Yeah, I, I, I guess they they don't want you them to know what card to like to like block. Like I don't know which one this is. Kind of like with morphs. Well, no, because like with morphs, you are supposed to keep them in order so that you know. Like one of the rules around morphs is that you have to keep them. You have to arrange your battlefield in such a way where your opponent can know which card came off of the top of your deck or your hand or whatever in what order. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's weird. But it's, I mean, like, that's it's... how the card's templated. Right, like, in, like, a Grixis control deck, right? This is just, like you said, the first one costs six mana, mm-hmm. but then, like, you know, it's, like, Six mana for a three three and a three three that will like brainstorm your opponent, brainstorm you, or thought sees your opponent or something. Yeah, yeah. This one is also like, like, oh, what was the name of that card? Is it Kess? Mm-hmm. That like each upkeep like would like randomly pick a card. Yeah, and you could cast it. This is kind of the yeah. same thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, a million years ago. Kess was legacy playable and it cost four mana. Right. This being three mana and like a reasonable body. Right. It's like, also a minotaur. You could didgeridoo it in the play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Somewhere right now, PK is brewing. <laughs> it's like, what if I didgeridoo this in, but I, I discarded Enter the Infinite earlier in the game? <laughs> Or or peer into the abyss or something. Mind's desire. <laughs> Mind <laughs> hit you, mind's desire. One. No, no, uh, no. You, you like lightning bolt inquisition, then, oh, then fair. connect with your mind's desire. Fair, fair. Clear the world and get three. Yeah. Uh like, like this could be like a one of in like a legacy deck. Like it works and does what mm-hmm. legacy decks want to do. Yeah. Right? Like like they're gonna have three to six one mana discard spells, four bolts, four ponders, four brainstorms. Yeah. And then like whatever collection of ham sandwiches you wish to end the game with. And it is a ham sandwich. uh, More of roast beef, but yeah. (laughs) But yeah, basically he, he is, he is the sandwich of choice. Yeah. Like if you're like, this is a sandwich I want to win the game with. He'll be like, thank you. I've always wanted to be a sandwich. Yep. And like you can bring him back, like you can play like one um unearth. Mm-hmm. 
Like, oh man, you killed my guy. Unearth him. <laughs> He's back, oh, baby. Actually, this works really good with unearth because you can cycle it to your graveyard and then, then yeah. turn your unearth into a creature. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, and then like if they kill your, they have to kill your unearth because you just get to bring it. <laughs> just get him back. Just get him back. Yeah, killed uh, your guy's dead. Attack. Uh, oh wait. Um, so they have to know what the card is because you have to target the card. Yeah. So okay. So like. Okay. So they know what all the cards are. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand the note the note the name, but okay. Well, it's so that you don't have to keep flipping it over. Like it can't be on the battlefield face up to know what it is. But uh, your opponent has to know what it is. Yeah. Because so, if it's on the battlefield face up, it'd be like lightning bolt is on my battlefield as a three three, and that's not something that can happen in the rules. Gotcha. So it's just okay. It's kind of a morph. Yeah. Kind of a man of okay, okay, okay. I got it. Got it, got it, got it. So yeah. you would like write lightning bolt and like put lightning bolt on the back of your card. Yeah, I, I mean realistically you would probably just make your lightning bolt face up on your battlefield as a three three and Yeah. To hell with the rules, but Yeah, but yes. when you're when you're in the finer finals of the Worcester Open in an SCG <laughs> tournament, they're not gonna let you just play with your lightning bolt face up because, you know, right. chat would lose its mind. Right. How Even though everybody knew what was up? going on. I don't understand how the lightning bolt was face up. Yeah. It's like, do, do you see the little minotaur guy? That's how the lightning bolt is face up on the battlefield. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, this this one can be whatever ham shamage you wish to finish with. Mm-hmm. But there will be, like, the, like, I don't think the Unfinity cards are going to be on Magic Online at all, right? I mean, it depends if people start playing them. Yeah, fair. I guess they could, like, you could treasure chest this thing. Yeah, I mean, if you end up with, you know, a bunch of them being relevant in formats, they kind of have to put them on Modo. Yeah. In uh, the most expensive way possible. Yes, treasure chests. Yeah. So, I think that none of the cards strike me as being egregious. Mm-hmm. In Biggin, it's kind of close. If you're making your, <laughs> if you're making your ink... If you're like turn three, activate my ink moth attack, six you. Six poison, yeah. Mutagenic growth, mutagenic growth, you're dead. Um, yep. Or like in Popper, you're like plus fouring, plus fouring, like, because they already have might of old crows, and so now you have two might of old crows. Yeah, oh, this you, one's instant speed. Oh, you can't quite, like, you can elf. I guess you could, like, elf in Biggin might. A mutagenic growth someone on turn two. Um, is invigorate a common? I think it is. Oh yeah, you can invigorate to it. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm like ninety percent sure it is. It is banned in popper. Okay, it is legal but banned. Uh, It is it is common, but they're like we're not about this life. Yeah. Come on, guys, be about this life. Be about this life. Come on. Um, no, I think that there, that there are definitely cards that do not have the the effect of like attractions or tickets baked into their price. 
Right. Right. Like, what is this? What was the stupid bear from um, uh, Baldur's Gate? It was just like one in a green for like a legendary bear that was a 2-2 with Ward 2? I don't know. Oh, gosh. Anyway, uh, he, um, but like that was a two mana card. Yeah. That, um, that was like a, like a magic card that was, you know, not good, not great or anything, but like not a terrible card. Yeah. Oh man. Like they don't even have like, uh, on Scryfall, I like went, I was like, oh, like I know where this card was. Or where the set was, they don't even have them in the right order. That's like in a special <laughs> other section. Now I've got to like figure out where it is. All right. Oh, are you talking about Wilson? Yes, Wilson. Yeah, yeah. It's like can't be countered. Ward two trample reach vis- vigilance yes. background. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, yeah. that thing's like part of Wilson. Yeah. At common. Like he wears pants, mm-hmm. and it's hard. It's hard to remove his pants. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah, I mean like they've not priced like a lot of the tickets or um um attractions into the mana cost. They're just yeah. free. Yeah, so, the um the stickers I think are balanced on the back end mm-hmm. where like the randomness and the efficacy of said stickers is yeah, maybe not powerful enough to do anything with. Um, whereas the attractions are more balanced on the front end where like maybe the cards themselves aren't quite, aren't quite to the power level and yeah. where they might've been a problem in popper. They've just not given you enough yeah. to actually have them in popper. Yeah. Like, I still think if they're cheap enough, there's not really a downside in buying a bunch of them. Yeah, no, like you you could very much end up with like it being a fun thing that people want to do in um, Commander or, you know, I don't know. Could you see like a, a Universes Beyond with uh, Wizards of the Coast and like Six Flags? <laughs> or Disney. Hey, Disney has their own card game. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, but like Wizard of the Coast and Six Flags bring yeah. you a bunch of like more attractions. Yeah. Or and like you're just like, oh wait, we we broke it. Yep. I mean, hey, we got we got Transformers, which we're gonna talk mm-hmm. about next episode. So like you can yeah. kinda like we can do anything now. We got Chung Li. Chun Li can like ride an Optimus Prime. Yeah, somebody said on Reddit something about uh, equipping Lucille to Optimus Prime. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like... I think uh, it was a cardboard crack cartoon or something. Yeah. Well, while you're rolling your attraction die, dice, you yeah. can like uh, win your uh, Beeble prize or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, ladies and gentlemen, Magic the Gathering. We started out high fantasy... Now we're just at nonsense. Yep. Nonsense is a good way to put it. Yeah. And with all that, I think we have a show. I think we have a show. So if you are super hyped for this nonsense or you think you've broken attractions in legacy, 
please do. I've got like 250 attractions coming to my house. <laughs> um, I would prefer it if they all needed to be high because that's what we that's what we banked on. So, yeah. um, but if you've broken attractions, let us know. Get at us on social media. I got a baby to put through college one day. So let's <laughs> yeah, make this ho- Hopefully happen. bumper cars do that. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. Like we break Beebles and we're just going, we're going ham on Beebles. <laughs> and he doesn't have to go to college. We'll be Bezos rich off of attractions. There you go. Um, uh, if you're looking to pick up any attractions of your own, maybe make a spec like Brian did and I'm probably going to do. Uh you can buy those through a TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Anything you purchase after following that link, we'll get a percentage of to help keep the show going. If you want to support us more directly, if you like what we do and want to show your appreciation, uh, head up our Patreon, patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Patrons get access to our pre-show. They get access to our show notes. And you get put on my mailing list for when I have stuff to send to you. So if any of that sounds good, or if you dislike us and want to show your support, patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg, and send us a couple bucks. We would greatly appreciate it. Yes, please. Thank you. You got anything else for this week? Nope. So with that, we'll catch you on the internets. We'll catch you on the internets.